ever wondered what the heck is next for me? I hear a lot of women say they don't have what it takes to start something new or they are too old. But many women overcome all kinds of obstacles and then go on to something even better. Over the years, I've worked a lot of traditional jobs as well as direct sales businesses, but never realized the success I was hoping for until I released my emotional baggage. Once I had cracked the code of my emotions, I knew I could help other women do the same. Join us here as we chat with female experts as they share their inspirational stories and challenges in business and life, because it is never too late. I'm your host, Cora Naylor, and this is the Crack the Code podcast. Are you experiencing any grief or loss right now, or maybe you know someone that does or is? Welcome back to the Crack the Code podcast. And I'm super excited to have with us today Anne Andibut. Anne is a well-versed professional with many accomplishments as a relationship coach, grief coach, author, and podcast host. Her mission is to provide support, understanding, and compassion to those embarking on the difficult grief journey with after experiencing loss. She does this with grace and warmth. Born on Valentine's Day, she has a special connection to love and she applies that same love to her work. She strongly believes that hope and happiness can always be found, no matter how devastating the loss. In her free time, Anne loves engaging in physical activities like yoga and golfing, as well as being an avid reader and savoring a delicious cup of coffee or a glass of red wine. So welcome, Anne. <laughs> welcome. I always have to laugh at that, but it kind of makes me feel I'm more human. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because because your topic is not something a lot of people like to talk about. So I guess that's part of it. Absolutely. And uh, I welcome laughter. We laugh a lot. Wow, that's awesome. So nice. And that's pretty cool to be born on Valentine's Day. I thought so. And even more so when I recognized, when you think about the color I choose, is red valentine's day is red and it's all about love it's also our root chakra mm -hmm. and for those that understand the chakra system it's the one that grounds us and when we're experiencing uh, the death of a loved one we become very ungrounded very untethered so uh, kind of connecting all the dots as I've done over the years yeah. I can actually help people reconnect to themselves and ground yeah. so that they can be present to what it is they're experiencing yeah I'm sure and I'm sure that you've gotten into this because of an experience you've had yourself I know most people that are coaches are coaches because of you know experiences they're going through so maybe you can share with us some of your background. Well, when you look back, my life has uniquely given me many, many losses from leaving family and country of origin to resettle in, an, in a new country, make a new life, meet and marry and never go back to my country of origin. And to have given up a job that I truly loved. I was a nurse in Britain, but going through 
a loss, I recognized that I did not have all the mental faculties one needed to have when being present to something as um, big as what I was doing. I worked in the OR alongside mm. the surgeons. Pretty big responsibility, and that was my decision for leaving. So you can add job loss to my mm. resume. Mm pet loss, uh, divorce, all the big, big losses. So when, as I say, you join the dots, my life has really uniquely positioned me. The one that really brought me to my knees and totally surprised me was the death of my dad. Yes, it was sudden. What that did for me was point out that I wasn't immune to the emotional side, I could tick off. I'm a nurse, I'm not frightened of death. I've been present and being able to deal with it. What they didn't teach me, Cora, in nurse training was how and what to expect when it happens as close to home to yourself. We would get on with our nursing activities around a death and it would be the chaplains that would take over the grief role. So that glaring gap in my education had me floundering. I would seek help as they recommend you do. But when I was told by a professional that you never get over your grief, you your everybody's grief is unique it'll be there for however long i could tick those boxes what really i could not tick was you never get over your grief that to me did not make sense if grief is normal and natural why wouldn't our hearts heal? Why would we be in that pain? Because to me, that he was handing me a life sentence. Was I going to feel like this forever? I didn't have the languaging in those days to sort of say that. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm sure if I had, he would have said, oh, no, no, I, that's not what I meant. So... I would question that if that is what you'll be being told, that you never get over your grief. Because to me, what that is saying is you, you stay in that pain. Mm -hmm. And that is something I have worked hard and done research on and have brought others through so that they're not in the pain. It just means that you're never going to forget that person. You bring them along with you on your journey. You integrate the loss into your system, just as you would integrate the loss of a body part. You would work with it and you would integrate it. So to me, that's my explanation. <laughs> Yeah. And why I got into it was that gap. <laughs> yeah. And and I think that's a great way to explain it because, I mean, of course, you're never going to forget, but you don't want to be in that deep pain forever. But it mm -hmm. comes back and gets you every once in a while. I know like my grandmother died when I was, you know, I think 
almost 25 years ago. And every once in a while, something will just pop up out and seemingly out of nowhere mm-hmm. and get me. It's really interesting. Yeah. It's uh, the sadness, the missing of them, wishing mm. the that you could go talk to them. Those are all, those are all normal, but um, I'm going to ask you, do you still feel that pain from the original loss of your grandma? Just certain things, you know, I don't think it, it's, it's and, and it comes and goes like, I don't think about her even every day, you know, or anything, but every once in a while, it's like, man, I sure miss those days, you know, certain things that we did with her and spent time that we spent with her. Yes. Yeah. And it's the familiarity of the routine, the things that you did, as you say, and it's a testament to the love that you had for her. And I know many people would often say to me, well, it's your grandma, you expect them. But that isn't mm-hmm. what it's all about. I expected my dad to die. He was of that age. But when it happens, it doesn't make it any easier. And it's that that needs to be integrated into our lives. Yeah. Um, and is there anything that you can share with people? I know there's probably not really anything because you don't know until you're in the situation. But even last week in the community that I live in, um, one of my neighbors, his brother had bought a property in our neighborhood and he was out here, been here for a week and he just dropped dead on the street one night. Oh, my it was goodness. it was brutal. And I feel so bad for my neighbor. He's just wandering around like a zombie. And so he's gone back to um, where his, his brother was from. But, it, it, you know, as the people around them, too, it's hard to know even what to say or do. And I, I, it's a really hard situation. Absolutely. Well, it's the suddenness. And- yeah what you were anticipating, what your expectations around the move and all those that have to be worked through. Yes, there's going to be the shock. No wonder he's wandering around like Mm -hmm. a zombie. Mm -hmm. But even if somebody can say to them, you know, I feel heartbroken. I I feel your pain over, over the loss. Can you, would you like to share something about your, it was the, the brother? Mm-hmm. That moved mm-hmm. yeah. And by doing that, you're going to connect them to a, possibly a story, a memory. And it's in the sharing of that person with others that can actually help with our healing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's true because I mean, I just went over and gave him a big hug and he told me a little bit about his brother and, you know, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's harsh. And uh, yeah, just like I say, not not something that a lot of people want to talk about. I think, and that's the thing, you know, like you say, if someone's ill going through some illness or something and you know, they might not last, it's like you sort of start going through the grieving process before they pass away but when it's sudden it's a whole different ball game right well it's the suddenness of it it's the shock to the system Mm -hmm. you were unprepared when it's an illness it's still a shock when the death date arrives but you're right you're sort of grieving and letting go in in a gentler way it's it's anticipated it's the death date is just not known Whereas when it's sudden, 
it's harder for the system to sort of recalibrate that they're one moment and not the brain just can't handle that. Yeah. That's why rituals are so, so important. And we as a society have even gotten away from rituals. Grief is one of those going in, dropping down into ourselves, not running away, not ev evading it and being with it and creating some kind of ritual to help ourselves move through it. Yeah, I think it's like that with with so many things, you know, um, just taking time to slow down and feel our emotions, because like I do that work with the emotion code. And often that's why we get all these emotions trapped within us, because we don't take time to process them and go through whatever yes. our body needs to do. Yeah, exactly. And when you understand emotions, I've done some work around that. Hmm. Grief is asking us to drop down and be present with it. It's the sadness that's asking us what needs to be let go. And until we can understand the two of them, and I'm sure with the emotion code, you understand only too well what the sadness is asking us to do. And very often we'll hang on to the sadness believing that it's the sadness that's creating all the pain, but it's our holding on. If we could just go in into the grief itself. Yes, sadness, profound sadness is present, but the two often get a little mixed up, which I'm sure with your work, mm. you see often, don't you, Cora? Yeah, yeah. And yeah, like that. I love that, you know, allowing ourselves to have the feelings and feel them. And I love your um, idea, too, of sharing the stories, because I think that people really need that communication to let it out, too, and remember the good times, too. Yeah. Well, it's in sharing the stories and telling your story over and over again is how the brain can process it. So if we don't allow somebody to share their story you may have heard it for the 10th time but just breathe and sit with them and allow it they will eventually integrate it so the story becomes less and less but it's it's their way of processing it yeah for sure and yeah and I like how you also talked about the other kinds of loss because you know there's the loss of death of people but all the other little things like losing a job or moving from a country there's so many other kinds of loss that can bring on grief right Absolutely. And I often think because I wasn't never taught and being a Brit, we don't do emotions. So yeah. <laughs> I had to learn it all. I'm positive that because we don't recognize it, it was never modeled for me. All those emotions from all those years of loss were stored up and possibly and I'm convinced that's what made the death of my dad a lot harder because I was processing that plus mm -hmm. every everything else. Uh, grief is very patient. You think you're getting over it, but if you haven't dealt with it, it will find a way of seeping out some way. Yeah, 
I think, well, that's like every kind of emotion, right? People think that they've dealt with it or ignored it. So it's gone, but it's not, it's sitting there waiting for something else to happen and explode it. Yeah. And and that's it. Our emotions are there to sort of help keep us safe. So if you were to monitor them in a given day, you would go through the whole gamut of emotions. We can't stay happy, 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 or in the state of joy. It's too big for our systems to handle. We would collapse very quickly if we kept going for it. So if it's just an interesting exercise yeah. to sort of monitor what is it I'm feeling right now? What is coming up for me? And it's, I love Rumi's poem, The Visitor, invite them all in, have a cup of tea, talk to them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Give them a name. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Right. So is that what, like, is that kind of the idea if, you, if people are going through something, what would be some tips that you would, can suggest to your listeners? They're going would, through something. Yeah, I would definitely have them take time and I know in our crazy lives we've probably after the funeral if there even was a, a funeral you go back to uh, to work and you're expected you're a warm body you, you're expected to be productive and that might be an opportunity to either take time to talk to your manager if that's at all possible see if you can have some time off but I know that isn't always uh, that's a pipe dream for many but what I discovered when I would feel the emotion when I was back at work I didn't, because being very private, I didn't want to sit there at my desk and openly cry. I would go to the washroom mm -hmm. and then I would say to my emotions, thank you, I'm aware of you. When I get home tonight at a certain time, I would create a ritual space. Mm -hmm. I would light a candle. I would have a picture of my dad there and I would attempt to evoke what was I thinking what created the emotion and then I would just let it all out yeah. and you have a good cry you have a good angry burst it it's amazing what will arise if you allow it so it's taking time creating ritual as I say that was one that I found helpful I share that with many people or if you find yourself shallow breathing and going into anxiety, we'll have to go to the washroom, sit there for a minute and do some slow, deep breathing to bring your body back, to alert your system that you're not being chased, you're, you're, you're safe. And when the body recognizes, oh, you're deep breathing, we're safe that feeling of anxiety will often dissipate too. Yeah, I think, and I love your idea of doing the ritual because I, I think that's really important for any kind of emotions that we're going through. If we just take that time to take a few minutes and really get into the feeling and allow it to happen and to go through and then to release, I think that's an awesome suggestion for people that are going through that process. You're so welcome. Yeah. So share with us some um, things. I know you've got some goodies and I know you've written more, uh, one book, more books. Uh, 
<laughs> probably if I were to compile it all, I've probably got an encyclopedia, but uh, that's something I'm going to do in my next retirement. Yeah. Um, I've written one book, yes, uh, and I wrote it because I couldn't find anything about fa uh, father loss, parent loss. Mm -hmm. um, this was about 13 years ago. There just was nothing out there. So I decided I was going to write the book that I wanted. I would have found helpful. And it's based around a poem that I wrote called The Journey. And each chapter kind of takes you on the hero's journey. I love Joseph Campbell's work. Yeah. So I sort of see it as a grief's abyss. And that's the, the title of the book, Finding Your Pathway to Peace, because I see it as a U-shape. You drop down, you're in the middle, no man's land. You've got one foot in the past, one in the future, and it's a very discombobulating time. And then you have to learn to let go of the forgiveness and how are you going to climb up the mountain back to life again? Right. So that's basically what the book is about. There is a companion workbook that I keep meaning to publish. I just have not got round <laughs> to it. And on my website is a, a PDF, a free ebook that's just a very mini version of what my book is about. And you can download that for free. Okay. And what's your website then? My website is called Understanding Grief. Okay. And it's all one word, two okay. Gs in yes. the middle. And it'll all be in the show notes for people that are listening if they oh, want to grab that for sure. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today. And I so appreciate you sharing your wisdom. I know a lot of people can use what you're offering because we all go through it. We all experience loss and grief in We'll all have something that we need to use out of today's show. Absolutely. And I am creating a new online um, activity. It's uh, going to be around mental fitness, grief and mental fitness. Mm -hmm. And it's based on the positive intelligence work. If anybody's interested, um, I can give you the, the link to put in the show notes and it's a free assessment and you can discover which saboteurs may be holding mm. you hostage in your grief. Right. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And listeners, for everybody, if you are experiencing grief or you know somebody that is, you know, be sure to check out Anne's website or reach out to her for some help because we all need some help and it is out there if you want it. So don't delay. Thanks again for joining us today. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you enjoyed this episode, please submit a rating and review and share us with your friends. Visit my website, coranaylor.com, to learn more about the Emotion Code or sign up for my free virtual co-working sessions.